Oh, welcome. It, God, uh, Satan's really trying on us today, but God is bi- our God is bigger, right? So my name's Colton. Uh, I'm the intern pastor here at Connection. I'm so glad that you came to join us in worshiping our Savior today. Uh, we've had a lot of trials, a lot of, a lot of things going wrong today. But our God is bigger, and we have big things today. Big things are going to happen. Uh, if we're, we're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 3 today. If you want to turn in your Bibles, uh, on your phone apps, have an iPad. Uh, and if you don't have any of those, we have our uh, screens up here. They'll be, as long as they stay working, we will have our verses and everything up on the screens. But if you want to just pray with me... Uh, I think we need it today. Dear Heavenly Father, I just love you so much. Lord, we thank you for just being with us. Lord, I don't know what you have for us today, but I know it's got to be something big. It's got to be moving. Lord, we just love you. Just be with us through this time that we can just focus on your word and learn to be more like you. In your son's name, amen. So if this is your first time at Connection, uh, welcome. Uh, it's a little bit crazy this morning, but we are so glad you're here uh, to join a group of people that aren't perfect. Uh, we have, most of us have a little bit of something messed up in our lives. But we're here trying to be more like Jesus and closer to him. So the last few times I've got to preach, I've been focusing on 1 Corinthians. I've been, uh, it's just something that God laid on my heart to preach out of when I get the chance. So I'm going verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and going through. Well, last time, the last few times, we got to talk about how what Paul was trying to show the Corinthians. They've had some problems. They're a messed up people, just kind of like us, kind of like me, I guess. I don't want to speak for you, but for like me. And they have their own way of thinking. And it doesn't always align up with how we should be focusing on Christ. They've had two major problems going on, um, but they also file down to division of what they believe is right and they are going to argue their point they have one the first one is their understanding of what wisdom is and then they also have the problem of depend to relying too much on one leader and which leader they should follow and what what way they should go But if you have your worship handout, uh, this little blue piece of paper that you got as you came in the door, if you want to open up to the middle, there's some blanks that were, and the verses, references that we're going to go through today. Um, but we're going to have our first blank for your worship handout, and it says, the cross is greater than our wisdom and religion. That video spoke a lot of words really quickly. But it comes boils down to 
that we don't always have it right. We can't get it all right. And that's why we have to rely on the Bible and what it has, has for us. So I hope that you use this uh, blue piece of paper to write notes uh, as we go through here. Not because of I have anything special to say. God has given me this, but because of what he has for you through this passage. It's not my words. It's not me. I want to remove all myself out of it. But it's God who's with us. We see in this passage, we'll see in the passage that we're going to read through verses 18 on in chapter 3 that Paul does not mix his words. He wants the Corinthians to understand that what they believe is right does not hold any weight to what the cross means. We see that they, they're getting a little messed up from what their, their beliefs are and they, they think just the cross is a little bit too simple and that they need something more. And they believe that they were right and there's several groups in there that they all believe that they were right and they were quick to tell you about it and they were quick to argue about it. I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people. I'm quick to argue about anything, even when I'm wrong. Uh, I just got to look for my wife, (laughs) because that's true. So uh, she's laughing at me, but I I like to argue about anything and everything. And 90% of the time, I'd say it from up here a lot, that I'm wrong. And she's normally right, but I don't ever figure that out in time. Uh, I, before we move on, I just ha- ask you to bear with me. I, I was in a wreck early, uh, hit a deer earlier this week, so I'm struggling a little bit and with some pain. But I, uh, j- so if I get a little bit off, uh, please forgive me on that. But I'm quick to point out when she's wrong and that I'm right and that I want to be 100 percent all the time, and I'll argue about it, whether it's about church, it's about life, or it's something that doesn't matter at all. But I like to argue, and these people at Corinth were just like that. We see back in chapter 1, it's not going to be up on the screen, but I'm going to read it for you in verse 12. It says, some of you are saying, I am followers of Paul. Others are saying, I'm followers of Apollos, or, the follow, or I follow Peter, or I follow, follow only Christ. See, the problem is they use a lot of eyes in that I follow, I follow, I believe this way. But Paul wants him to realize, and that he wants to hit on this section again, even though he's kind of moved on to more of how the church should be ran, he wants to go back. And make sure that they understand that it all ties together and that their problems that they're having can be remedied by looking at Christ. And we see that a lot of our problems can be remedied by following Christ and focusing on him and not ourselves. That's why I love the Bible and being able to read out of it because it's such a timeless book and that we can still learn from it. Even though it's 2,000 years old or pretty close to it.
So it also means that we have, when we have all this nice stuff like technology and it doesn't work, that we can still serve our God, right? We can still serve and focus on him without all this stuff. But we believe a lot of times, even here, even at this church, that it's our way or the highway and that we know it best and we're going to live, the, we're going to serve this way and we're going to use this technology as much as possible and that that's the only way we can go. And then God has better plans for us. And he makes things not work just quite right and that we have to learn to just trust in him. So last time I gave the message, we focused on uh, this exact thing, except we we call it division. Paul is still not ready to leave this conversation. It's because it's super important for him to to hit on that, to make them realize where they're at. We can look back to chapter 3 of Corinthians and we'll see that there are uh, two things that are causing division in the church. Like I said, it's their understanding of wisdom. And who they believed and what way they believed and what ministries that they they believed were right. Like I said, they had Paul's teaching and they had Apollos' teaching and Peter was around. And then some of them wanted to forget all of that and just follow Christ. Or what they thought was following Christ. Paul used chapter 3. So far to hit on the leader side of the problem. Because he addressed their views of wisdom in the first two chapters. But here he jumps back so he, they understand that the two things tie in together. So let's look at verse 18. It says, stop deceiving yourself if you think you are wise by this world's standards. You need to become a fool to be truly wise. So I saw a post earlier this week on Facebook, um, kind of matches up. It says, it said, be being famous on Facebook is like being rich on monopoly. It's not real, right? So being famous and having, and being right, it's not real if it's not focused on Christ. We're too worried about how the world sees us. And we miss out on having the real relationships with people. We see, we'll see that Paul here gives us two commands. And the first one comes pretty quick. The first command is pretty direct. And he says, stop deceiving yourselves. We're our best deceivers, right? We know, every, we know ourselves better than anybody else. And we can trick our minds into thinking that we deserve something more, right? So me and my uh, me and my wife, we're trying to get back on our budget and just being a little bit better with our money, better stewards of our money, and we're, we're quick to be like want to reward ourselves, right? At least for at least for me, she she does a little bit better job than me. But I can go through town, and I go all the way to the other side of town, have to get something, and come back, and I'm like, oh, I didn't stop and get food. Right? I, I didn't stop for lunch. I didn't stop for, but Dairy Queen's on the way out, right? I can stop and get ice cream. 
uh, you know, uh, reward myself on the way on the way through town because I didn't spend any mo- extra money. I just went and said, but I can go spend that little bit because it's not that big of a deal, right? So, like I said, we're we are best deceivers. We can we can show we can say, oh, I deserve this. I deserve this ice cream because you know I love ice cream. I can spend that little extra money because I was really good today. And that's what these people in Corinthians are doing. And he wants to make it clear that they're wrong. <laughs> that they need to stop focusing on, on what they think is right. Because what's wise in this world does not always equal what is wise to God. It doesn't equal his wisdom. We saw back in the first two chapters that in Paul's absence from Corinth, after he left there, after he started the church, there were some other leaders that showed up. And it was them who, that made them believe that the cross wasn't enough. Paul was very centered on his preaching of just give him a little bit at a time. We don't need to focus on the big stuff right now. We need to focus on what truly matters. And that's the cross. That's what matters to us, to our salvation. The only way that we can be in a relationship with Jesus is because he died on the cross for us, for our sin. But they were looking for a deeper wisdom, right? This quote-unquote deeper side of our salvation. And when he left, there's other people that came in and they started preaching this way and giving them a little bit more than what they were, uh, they could handle. They, were, they weren't mature enough to understand that it all led back to Christ. And those leaders weren't putting the emphasis that needed to be on Christ crucified on that cross. Does it sound familiar? Because in our world today, we do this. We're still doing this. We have, a, we have some famous person comes up with this awesome study. And we go through, this, through a study. And we, we forget what we're meant to be doing. And spreading that the fact that Christ died for us. Not saying those studies are bad. And that we, but we get too focused on this. Different stuff. It doesn't matter. Nearly as much. I'm not saying. Studying your Bible and getting deeper in. And finding other avenues to make your life better. Is not important. But we can't forget. Where we need to be focused. But they were quick. To forget about the cross. So this is my hope that I pr- and I pray that I never become this way that I don't even though I know I do at times but I want to be away from I want to get away from what I consider knowledge what I consider right and stay on the foundation that 
Christ died for me and died for you. Because if I could save myself, I would have. And I still struggle, so I know I can't save myself. I have to rely on Christ. Look at your next blank on your worship handout. We must change our thinking. We have to stop deceiving ourselves. It's important that we change our mind to what is truly important. Instead of worrying about what the next big study is or what the next connect group lesson is going to be about and focus on telling people that Christ died for you. Can it help our understanding the extra study? Yes, but too often we focus on this uh, one person's teaching and we forget why he or she is teaching it. So what does this look like? Look at 18 again, verse 18 again. It says, if you think you're wise by this world's standards, you need to stop... You need to become a fool to be truly wise. Now, Paul here does not mean that you forget all common sense and go and do something like me and ride a bike out the back of your truck when you have a perfectly good... There's no reason to do that. So don't become a fool like in that sense. But instead, forget what we think is right. He's not saying the Corinthians are about to go make complete idiots of themselves. He's not telling them to go out and forget every kind of wisdom. But he wants them to forget what they think is spiritual wisdom. He wants them to forget anything that's not centered on Christ and his life that led to the cross. He wants them to let go of such so-called wisdom and embrace, again, what the world calls foolish theology, that Christ died for us. Why would a perfect human, why would a perfect God decide to come and die for me? A person that is not worthy of anything. It doesn't seem right. It's not doesn't make sense to the world. But thank goodness he, he doesn't have to make sense to us. So when Paul becomes a fool, tells them to become a fool, he's offering them the antidote, the, the cure for, self, for their self-deceit. Uh, He's showing them how to respond to his command, to God's command for them and not deceive themselves. The cure and the prevention of this lies in going back to the fact that Christ died for us. 
And everything else doesn't matter past that. goes on in verse 19. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. As the scripture says, he traps the wise in the snare of their own cleverness. We see in the next two verses as support for the, the last piece that Paul leans on. He has two, the next two verses are two different verses from the Old Testament and just showing us how everything ties to what, he, what he's trying to teach them. That the Old Testament and the New Testament all leads to the same point. But it's coming out, this one is coming out of Job in chapter 5 and verse 13. And he says he traps the wise in their own cleverness, so their cunning schemes are thwarted. And Job, if you remember, if you haven't read it, it's, it's fine. It's a great book it's towards the beginning of the Bible. It's about a guy that was, had everything taken away from him just to be tested in his faith. But he had some friends come up and they sat with him for days and they tried to give him wisdom and what they were thinking what was going on. And the guy that gave him, that said this to him was this wise counsel. But Paul is quoting this guy and he says he catches the wise in their own craftiness. And later on in the book, it shows that Job had to forget everything that he thought was right and just rely on, Christ, rely on God to see him through this. So Paul makes it clear that we, what we think is wise will be our own downfall. Like I said, we can fool ourselves the best. verse 20 goes on and again the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise he knows they are worthless the point that Paul is making with this and the previous quote is that human wisdom is not sufficient enough and will always show itself to be futile in the end. It won't, it won't matter. It doesn't equal out to what God has for us. Now, that, now this is what Paul gives to the Corinthians in his day that... Let me slow down, sorry. So the command to, dece- to not deceive yourself is much uh, needed... In our church, in every church, to get us back on track, to make sure that we are focusing on Christ, we try to do that well. We do that well here. But I challenge us to do that in our lives also. Because we live in a day that went, that new ideas and deeper wisdom is being exposed to us all the time. 
and we are just as successful. We are just as easily fooled now than what we were, than what they were back in ancient times. Even if not more so, because of all the information that we are, we have at our fingertips through these these things we call phones, smartphones. So I challenge us not to deceive ourselves, but instead become a fool so we can know Christ better. Next blank in your worship handout. Humility is required to become a fool. It's not easy to admit when you're wrong. I have a really bad habit of not admitting when I'm wrong. I like to be right. I've said that. I don't like to say I'm sorry. It's hard, hard for me to say, you know, Christina, I was wrong. I should, I should be better. And it's really hard to do that with our walk in Christ. It would have required a lot of humility for those leaders in Paul, Paul's day, for those following them, to admit that they had gotten off track, that they had departed the way that Paul had taught them. It would have been humbling to go back to embrace the truth. It would be really hard to go back and see where you messed up. I do this. It's, I want to give an example. I look all my back on my life. There was... It was really hard. I, I went, I was away from church for about a year uh, due to being in a job that made me work on Sundays. And I got away from God, right? And I got away from this idea that Christ was crucified and I thought I knew better. I thought I knew the correct way that I, you know, as long as Christ was my Savior, as long as I uh, believed that, I was saved, and yes, that's the case, but I was not living like it, and it was really hard to come back into a place and say, I screwed up, and I need, I need forgiveness. It was hard to come back because I thought I could fix myself, and I didn't need any help, but like I said, I I'm my own. I can fool myself the easiest. It goes on in verse 21. So don't boast about your following a particular human leader. For everything belongs to you. Whether Paul or Apollos or Peter. Or the world or life and death. Or the present and the future. Everything belongs to you. And you belong to Christ. And Christ belongs to God. We understand that Paul is, what Paul is trying to say here is that both it's immediate and wider context. Most immediately the command is not to boast in men. It's not to boast who you follow, what, what denomination you're a part of. It's not about that.
Corinthians who were rallying around the various teachers that they had risen among them, including the ones who are building with inferior material, like they didn't have a basis that Christ of Christ. But that Paul wants them to stop boasting that they are a follower of a certain pe- person, whether it's him, whether it's Paul or Apollos or Peter. He wants them to focus that they should be following Christ and that those three guys were, that's all they were doing was following Christ. And they had just slightly different methods to do it. And that's the antidote for it, for fooling ourselves as following Christ. I want to look at the last blank in your worship handout. Christ is greater than our religion. I said that in, a, in the video that we had. Christ is, bigger than our, is greater than our religion. It's better, bigger than what we say is right. It's better than our rules that we put God in. Put him in a box, and we think we're right, and that we think we're on the right track. But I've said it before, and I'll say it again: we won't have everything right when we ca- when we show up at heaven after we die. We'll realize some of the things that we had wrong, and that's okay. But we need to make sure that we're focusing on Christ through this walk. Paul hits on the verses with a purpose. He hits on this passage to have Corinthians stop using him and others as idols in their worship. He wants to realize and wants us to realize that not one single man will have it all right. And we shouldn't learn. We shouldn't boast in what we have learned. If we had it all right, If we had figured it all out, we wouldn't need Christ. We wouldn't still be struggling from day to day. So our goal from here should not be what church fits me, but instead, how do I fit into the church? I want to just pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much. Lord, you're great. Lord, I just pray that we leave here and we apply to our lives that you are the only way that we should be following. Lord, I pray that we don't focus on a certain church or a certain religion, a certain denomination, that we just follow you and that you're that your son was crucified for us on that cross to forgive us of our sins. Lord, thank you for everything you have for us. In your name, amen.